Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Warriors This Week. Shot clock down to 10. Cool dribble drive to Thompson in the corner. He'll launch with five and for three and say goodnight. Now, here's Sean Dickinson. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, good Saturday morning to you as we come to you from Golden One Center in Sacramento, California. Whitey, it's good to be with you. We appreciate everybody who watches regularly on YouTube and Twitch. We've got the feed up and running, but we are in the bowels of the beautiful Golden One Center in downtown Sacramento. Uh, ahead of the Warriors and the Kings, Game 1, Western Conference first round. But we are, uh, I think as you said, for those watching on YouTube and Twitch, it, it looks like we're in cell block D. It does. Uh, if you've never been to Golden 1, it, you've probably heard how lovely it is. It, it's much lovelier than this. Um, I, hopefully they're going to let us out at some point. You know, maybe, yeah, we're, oh, here we're, you go. we're right by the press conference rooms <laughs> and the dining room, and we're just an elevator ride away from the plaza level and the yeah. court. We appreciate the accommodations, everything, truly, of course. But, uh, yeah, here you go, Warrior Media. We got a special room for you. And I'm just uh, – is that door open? Um, it, it locks yeah. – it looks like it locks from the outside. <laughs> yeah. and, and we just may be in here for the next 10 days to two weeks. That's and, okay. Yeah. Uh, but, we're, but we are thrilled to be here. And, no, we appreciate it. Uh, we do. Everybody, no Michael question. Martinez and yes. Shannon Malone of the, the Sacramento Kings Public Relations Department and Raymond Ritter and Michael mm-hmm. Ravina, Brett Winkler of the Warriors – for helping to put all of this together so we could be here with you uh, as we look ahead now to seven and a half hours until tip-off of the NBA playoffs 2023. And, Whitey, we didn't know how it was going to shake out over the course of the final day, and there were times where it looks like it appeared as if there were going to be a million different scenarios as to, oh, where is it going to play this team, Mm -hmm. that team, Phoenix, whatever – but they are here, and it's a, a series in some ways that is 38 years in the making with the Kings and Warriors not making the playoffs ever in the same year since the Kings moved from Kansas City to Sacramento and these teams making the playoffs for the first time in the same year, period, Yeah, which is remarkable. What's seven and a half hours after, as you say, 38 years? There's been a lot of talk up here this week about is this a rivalry, and I think it is, but it's not a traditional sports rivalry yet. It'll hopefully become that. But this is more of a regional rivalry that these two basketball teams are part of, Um, you know, San Francisco and Sacramento. It's also kind of curious because there's a tendency to think of them as two distinct regions. And as we know, I mean, we're living, breathing examples, a lot of cross pollination 
uh, so to speak. But I think this has been a cold rivalry, like always lurking there. The elements have been lurking there, and we'll see we'll, if we if we get some heat pumped into it tonight. One of the keys along those lines here to the game tonight as we were discussing earlier, J.D., as you well know, as most fans know, the Kings have not been very good for a long time. And now they're, wow, they, they got a good team. Well, when they were really struggling, I think a lot of fans up here just abandoned them and said, man, look what's going on in the Bay Area. So you've got a lot of the fans that will be at the game tonight in Sacramento. They're not necessarily Bay Area fans who made the trek. you got a lot of people in Sacramento who are Warrior fans, and I think the Kings are a little bit concerned about how many Warrior fans will be in the building tonight because of that and also because uh, Kings season ticket holders and ticket holders have had the opportunity to sell their tickets to Warrior fans for these upcoming games for a very, very tidy profit. They, they have, and that is one of the many exciting storylines about this series, the, the cross-pollination, as you put it. How many Warrior fans are going to be in Golden 1 Center for what will be the Sacramento Kings' first playoff game since 2006? you got to go all the way back, Whitey, to May 5th of 2006. Who was the last Sacramento King to score a basket in a, in a playoff game? Uh, that's a know? great question. Kevin Martin? Vitaly Potapinko. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a blowout, <laughs> in a blowout of, uh, I, I think the Spurs beat the Kings on that night. It has been 6,189 days since the Sacramento yeah. Kings have, have played a playoff game going all the way back to, you know, I, I've joked uh, on the air in the lead up to this, that was the year before we believe. So the, yeah. the We Believe Warriors were 2007. The last time the Kings were in the playoffs was, was 2006. So I don't think there were cell phones then. And, and, uh, Twitter <laughs> was, was barely a thing at, at that point in time. I think MySpace was the preferred sure. social media. Okay. What's this, Facebook? <laughs> Facebook's weird. Uh, you could play music on your MySpace page. Yeah. I'm a little surprised at the level of excitement from Warrior fans. Um, I think there's more excitement about this rivalry from then, th- them than I expect. I understand the Sacramento fans would be going crazy no matter who they're playing, but I think a lot of Warrior fans are into this. Wow, not only is it uh, the Kings, uh, it, well, not only is it the Warriors back in the playoffs, but the Kings, I think the, a lot of Warrior fans are feeling the regional aspect of this a little more than I, I thought they might. I think that's a good point, and, and I think part of that is just the unique nature of yeah. the fact that the Kings are not, the favorite in this series in terms of the odds makers and and the gambling line, the Warriors are a heavy favorite heavy. in this series, but yet the Kings were the team who had the better regular season. The team, the Kings are the team that had home court, it has home court advantage and, and they were the three seed. They won the, the Pacific division title with the Clippers and the Warriors and the Lakers and the Suns and all these teams in there. The Kings had the best regular season of all of them. And I think that, uh, and, and the, a little bit of the bravado that's come from some of the Kings fans off of that uh, is, you know, has drawn the Warrior fans out in that I, I do think in some ways Warrior fans, and it's it's absolutely appropriate to, to feel this way as far as a first-round series goes, the Warriors have never really been challenged in a first-round series in, in their mm-hmm. run of, of this dynasty. To not have home court advantage in the first round, it, it, to have all of the back and forth between the fan bases, I do think that adds a level of of juice to this that has brought the Warrior fans out to to represent and be heard a lot more than if they were playing the Pelicans yep. or they were playing the yeah. Timberwolves or the Oklahoma City Thunder in, in game one tonight. I know that, as you said, the Kings are the heavy underdogs. 
Vegas is definitely pulling for the Warriors because there's somebody, and we don't know who, but in July somebody made a couple bets on the Kings to win it all. And if it comes through, and you know, unlikely that they win it all, but I, is it uh, Caesars? Somebody would have to pay out $10.3 million to the person wow. who, who made those bets. I also think it's unique from this standpoint. The Warriors haven't played, certainly not in the first round, but I don't think ever have they played a team in the playoffs that's as similar to them in so many ways that basically is trying to beat teams the same way with Mike Brown there. Um, so that makes it interesting as well. And as Tim Kawakami said uh, today in The Athletic, the Warriors have never been down 2-0 under Steve Kerr in a playoff series, and that speaks to the importance of these two games. I think Sacramento, if they're going to have any chance to win this series, and I think they'll need help to win this series from the Warriors, which they may not get, but if they're going to have any chance, I think the Kings have to win the first two games. If the Warriors win one of the first two games, in my opinion, they've already won the series. Yeah, and that's one of the questions I jotted down, and we do want to hear from Warrior fans in the Bay, Kings fans yeah. in the Bay. Like We, we take all comers here Let's go. Uh, on 95.7 The Game. He's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. It's Warriors this week from Golden One Center in Sacramento. We're with you until 1 o'clock as the Warriors and the Kings go at it. 5.30 tip-off here uh, from Sacramento. It is a 4.30 Warriors live. I think Evan Giddings and Dan Devone are going to be on from 1 until 4.30 as uh, we'll be off and kind of taking in the scenes and the surroundings around this downtown building here in Sacramento. A big buzz uh, in town. I I got in yesterday and was kind of making the rounds. They had a rally out out here uh, on on K Street Mm -hmm. and in in front of the arena. I know they're shutting down one of the major roads around Golden One Center to allow people that that don't have a ticket to, to watch on some big screens near the Capitol, which should be... Uh, a, a lot of fun uh, as well, and so th- th- this is th- this is a big series. It's it's a fun series, and there's just so many different angles from Mike Brown to Harrison Barnes to just the Warriors' own you know status as to where their dynasty sits. You know, can they make another run? It, it's funny because you've got the Warriors Kings component to this, but in the grand scheme of things, it's also can the Warriors make another run? deep into the playoffs or to a finals possibly contending for a championship and the Kings are the are the first team that that stands in their way uh, with all of those connections and different things between the two franchises I mean you have Vivek Ranadive the the owner of the Sacramento Kings who was a minority owner under Joe Lacob uh, with with the Warriors before stepping over now 10 years ago It, it took Vivek 10 years to get a team to the playoffs uh, since he left the Warriors. I know a lot of people know that, that story of, of Vivek being a minority owner with the Warriors, but now he's the, the guy in charge with the Kings. The Kings have been an incredible turnaround story, the, the most improved team from last year to this year. But so much of this series still whitey as you start to dive into it. And you can see here, I mean, I've got just, I've just got notes upon notes upon notes of different things to get into. Yeah, but some of the stuff is like lunch orders. Some yeah, of the, I mean, yeah, you got a lot of it, stuff yeah, here, but some yeah. of that's not to do with basketball. So, so, some of it, a lot, most of it. <laughs> Shopping most of, lists. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo, most of it is, yeah, different, <laughs> d- exactly. Uh, questions, takes, advantages yeah. for, for each team, different <laughs> topics to get into. Uh, and we will do all of that uh, between now and 1 o'clock here on 95.7 The Game. So 
888-957-9570. It gets lonely here in cell block D. It, it we want to hear from you. Yeah, we want to hear from you <laughs> as we get up to into this one. I, I still think the overarching theme, and we'll get into everything else, Yes. but we were talking about this as we were meeting up and, and walking into the building. This series still, to me, boils down to the Warriors and which Warriors team is going to show up. How are the Warriors going to play? Are, are they going to be able to be – a different team than the team we saw for a majority of the regular season. They look as if they're getting healthier at the right time. Andrew Wiggins is back. Gary Payton II is back and being reintegrated. They seem as whole as they have all season long, oddly enough, which is great timing. And and similar to last year where they got Steph Curry back right as the playoffs were starting. He came off the bench for that entire first-round series where the Warriors, as the three-seed, went on to to beat the Nuggets, the six-seed there. But – I still think at its core, this series is about the Warriors and how they play. The Kings can win this series. The Warriors can lose this series. But I think a lot of that will be dictated on the Warriors themselves. Are are they buttoned up enough? Can mm-hmm. they be patient enough to pick apart some of Sacramento's weaknesses? Do they show an urgency that hasn't been there at times throughout the, the regular season in this first game. And you know, they've looked, and I was at practice a couple of days this week, like a team that's that's very comfortable in all of the hubbub surrounding this series and, and almost, in a way, thriving on the fact that a first-round series has more juice. Yeah. It, like, it, it feels as if, from being around the team, this is giving them a little bit of life that maybe they wouldn't have had in another first-round series. This is interesting to me. Kevin Herter was on the radio yesterday, and he was talking about how we've already had meetings about, you know, Draymond and maintaining our composure, and, you know, that's important to do. And uh, he said that Mike Brown is encouraging us to make sure we stay palms down, which is ready, rather than palms up, which is pleading with the officials. So the fact that the Kings have already had to spend practice time discussing that. I mean, Draymond already is is uh, gaining access to their heads a little bit. That's just the prudent thing to do, but it speaks to the experience gap. And I, I read an anonymous coach was quoted in The Athletic as looking at this series and saying, you got to go through the heartbreak. you got to go through that playoff heartbreak. Um, and the Kings, they're just starting here. Now, maybe they don't have to go through that playoff heartbreak in the first round but they probably history says they probably have to go through it at some point and he also said whoever this coach was he said talked to a lot of people they all feel the same way when the kings get into that first game they're going to see a level of intensity and a speed that they think they're prepared for but they have no idea um, so that gets back to this a tremendous experience advantage that the Warriors have. The numbers show you player-wise how much more experience they have in playoff games. But it's not just that. It's just the level of competition in the playoffs that to the Warriors is like second nature now. And the Kings, can they do it? Probably. But they just they haven't done it yet. Uh, well, and, and they're going to have to try to shake that off. I know it, it, one of the things that has stood out to me from Sacramento's side of things that, that I bookmarked is how much they have talked this week about the need to be physical. Physical, 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 need to be physical, need to be felt, need to play forceful. And I related that back to the Warriors who just kind of know what this is all about. And we've seen the Warriors so many different times get teams – that, that almost try to develop a little bit of a, a false chip. Mm-hmm. They use that 
to their advantage in a big-time way, and they get teams in their own head a little bit. They get teams yeah. to lose their composure a little yeah. bit. Because if you're focusing on that, and, you're and, not focused on, on what you need to do to win the game. Yeah, and, and like almost this, this – like you got to come out and be – if you're Sacramento, something different than you've been all year long. And I think if that's the way the Kings come out and try to play this, like to, the, the Kings' path to win in this series is doing what they've done all year. Score 120 to 130 points, get in a close game, force a couple stops, maybe opposition misses a couple shots, and you're the more clutch team. It, the, like that's the, you know, and, and does that even hold up against this Warriors team in the playoffs? We'll see. But that's the that's the template or the path for I agree the 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 war the Kings in this series to threaten the Warriors significantly. Yeah, and that's why I said earlier I I don't think the Kings win this series without a lot of help from the Warriors. But if you're a Kings fan, that's not hard to imagine. It's not hard to imagine the Warriors turning the ball over too much. Mm-hmm. Now maybe they don't. You know, this time of year maybe they're going to be more focused. But they committed more turnovers than any team in the league. Uh, the Kings get to the line a lot. We know the Warriors foul a lot. So if the Warriors are fouling a lot, they get in foul trouble. Those are the type of things that I think the Kings are going to need in order to win this series. Um, so there's certainly a possibility for that. Uh, also, there's this as far as the importance of Game 1. Teams are 274-70 and 70 after winning Game 1 of a first-round playoff series. Now, of course, those numbers are kind of one-sided because a lot of first-round series, you have real mismatches. But that speaks to the importance of this game tonight. It's vitally important for the Kings to, at some point early in this series, preferably, preferably pardon me, from their standpoint, tonight, they've got to make sure the Warriors feel them and have to take them seriously. And I think it's really important for them to do that tonight. Again, teams 274-70 and 70 after winning game one of a first-round playoff series. That's a 797 winning percentage. And, and the Warriors in game ones are 21-3 and three under Steve Kerr, including a couple of wins when they didn't have home court advantage. And the Warriors have like – Last year in Memphis, right? Three well, that times. that was the first round. Yeah, no, it was the second yeah, round. Second but, round. But, the, but the Warriors are 21-3 and three in all game ones under Steve Kerr. They lost in 2016 in the Western Conference Finals to Oklahoma City, the series where they got down 3-1 to one and came back and, and won to go to the finals before Kevin Durant joined the team. They uh, also lost game one in Memphis. I, I'm sorry, they lost game one in um, – oh, what am I, I – I, they lost game one in Toronto. Okay, uh, They lost yeah. game one in Toronto in 2019 – and wound up coming back and winning game two, but they lost that series uh, four games to two as they didn't win a home game in that series. And then last year, they they lost game one at home in the NBA Finals to Boston with the big fourth quarter that, that the Celtics had. So three times the Warriors have lost a game one in any series under Steve Kerr. The Warriors have played from a position of advantage a lot, and they have the ability to just kind of snuff the life out of teams by shifting the pressure. Like the pressure, and and I know Mike Brown's tried to say among the many things that, hey, all the pressure's on those guys, all the pressure's on the Warriors. And I think he's right up until the point in which the Warriors win a game in Golden 1 Center, and then all the pressure is on Sacramento, to your point, to show that they can hang with the big boys and the defending champions and the team that, that has the potential to, to be on a mission here as, as these playoffs start. I think that pressure on the Warriors, in my opinion, love to know what you think of this, I think it's there, but it's under the surface because the Warriors know 
that if they keep winning, they have a better chance of keeping this thing together. Because you look at the luxury tax and payroll next year, it's just going to be astronomical. But if they continue to win, win, win deep into the playoffs, they get the extra income, then it would compel ownership to, yeah, we want to keep doing this. But if by chance they're at risk here at some point of being bounced in the first round, then I think all of a sudden it becomes an existential issue for the Warriors. Like, wow, I don't know if they're going to keep this together if we get bounced in the first round. And then perhaps if their backs are against the wall, some of the issues they've grappled with all this year, maybe they start to come to the surface. It looks like to me right now the Warriors have put all that for the most part behind them. The punch, uh, the Peyton trade, um, the injuries, uh, what happened with Wiggins, all that right now is like, no, we're focused. But I could see if they stumble, if the Kings are able to turn this series in such a, a way that the Warriors have their backs to the wall, maybe some of that uh, starts to bubble to the surface, and then maybe the Warriors start to face a pressure that they really haven't felt in the postseason. 8 at 8 957 Predictions. Let's get into them. We'll take your predictions between now and 1 o'clock here on 95.7 The Game. Who does Game 1 matter more to? I think it's Sacramento for sure. That's the easy call in this thing. I think the Warriors know they don't have to get tonight. But I will say this to that point. They can't play like they have too much room to, nope. to play with in this series because the Kings are the kind of team where when teams let them hang around a little bit or let them gain confidence – they, they have had a tendency this year to other teams to blow the doors off the thing when, mm-hmm. when they get on a run. They have the ability with their shooting, with their scoring ability, their ball movement at times to be a little bit warrior-like offensively over this, this last decade. I know it's been pointed out the, the, the offensive season the Kings have had is, is among and, and statistically the best offensive season in Ever. decades yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in, yeah. In, in, in the NBA. So how do the, the Warriors combat that? Both of these teams are good offense. There's the, the clutch component is part of it. We've got some numbers as far as the clutch component. The Kings have been a good clutch team. The Warriors have not been a good clutch team. But again, I think the biggest key to this series for the Warriors is can they play buttoned up enough and patient enough on offense to pick the Kings apart? I think the Warriors are going to bring a different level defensively. Now, we'll see if they're capable because I don't think they faced an offense quite like this Kings offense, at least this season. I think they do have, what, over the last seven games, a number one defensive rating yeah, for what that's but they, worth. Yeah, they've played, and yeah. I don't think it's yeah. worth much. Yeah. I don't think it's worth much considering who they've played right, or haven't right. played, I, I think, during, during that stretch. But I, I do think, you know, defensively the expectation is you're going to get a different Warrior team but, again, it, I think offensively, I think shot selection is the number one key for the Warriors in this series. Can they take good shots? Because the Kings like to lull teams into the track meet, taking bad shots. The Warriors at times take bad shots. It wrecks their transition defense, and the Kings want to run, 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 run. Fox, three-point shooters, run, you know, running, running the break. Get it to Sabonis and let Sabonis create. Uh, you know, th- this team has been great at doing that this season. You can't have the shot turnovers that Steve Kerr talks about so often as uh, you know, really uh, the biggest Achilles heel, at least one of them, to this team. I, that's the thing that can affect momentum in this game tonight and in this series. 
is bad shots that aren't going in for the Warriors. As great as these two teams are offensively, to me it's going to come down to defense. I'm old school. I still think, even in this crazy NBA season, I think defense matters. And I think the Warriors have a distinct edge. They're capable of playing good defense. We've seen it at times. The Kings, there are pockets here and there where they've defended well. But here's the interesting thing about the Kings. I know a lot of us have wondered why their defense is so bad when Mike Brown is their coach. And I saw an interesting piece in the ringer that pointed out, basically, the Kings schematically They've defended well. They've put teams in position where they take bad shots. But Sacramento tends to force shots that should be tough but are not because of the players contesting them. So it's a matter of, you know, the Jimmys and the Joes and not the X's and the O's. And I think ultimately that's going to seal uh, the King's doom in this series. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason here. It's Warriors this week from Golden One Center in Sacramento as we're leading you up to game one of the Western Conference first-round series between the Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. A lot of different questions on the board that we can get into with you. Give me your biggest key to to this series. We want to hear that. Who does Steve Kerr start tonight? It sounds like Andrew Wiggins Mm, is not going to start for the Warriors in his return. I know the Warriors have had success with that in the past, bringing a regular starter back but not starting him. Steph Curry last year in this very same situation uh, a year ago tomorrow uh, when the Warriors wow. opened against Denver. How does Andrew Wiggins look? He's been getting rave reviews from his teammates and the coaching staff. Uh, how does Steve Kerr handle the rotation in this series? There's a lot of question about who has the depth advantage. I think playoff series, Whitey, and we'll, we'll get into this coming up, a lot of the times get down to playable players. Like every team goes into a series thinking, hey, I've got nine, 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 ten. Yeah, nine, yeah. Ten. Mike Brown well, just listed nine or ten it, guys. Yeah. By the end of a series, a lot of the times the team that wins has has got eight or nine or still ten, and the team that, that doesn't has five or six. Mm-hmm. And it's apparent, and that swings things. And the Warriors have been able to make some very good players unplayable. It doesn't mean they're not going to play, but they've made them unplayable or unsuccessful to the point where it flips the series in the Warriors' favor. Yeah, and speaking of keys, fingers crossed that somebody has a key to cell block D here. Yes. In the bowels of the Golden One. All right, Whitey Gleason, John Dickinson, (laughs) 888-957-9570. We'll get to the phones here coming up next, as it is Warriors this week. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 95.7 The Game. It's a setup. They want to kick my ass, trust me. I've been around them enough. It's a setup. Don't fall for it, and I'm not falling for it either. Screw you guys until this is over. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, Mike Brown, not not holding back. In you a, got that video, in a right? Fun, in a fun-loving way. You're yeah. the one that captured that video. I, I did capture that video. It was a question, I believe, from, from Sarah Hodges, who okay. works here in, in Sacramento. Uh, a couple of questions toward the end of the, the scrum there. Uh, one of the local TV, she's one of the sportscasters here in Sacramento, who I think asked Mike Brown about some of the back and forth and a little bit and all the all the love that he was getting yeah. from the Warriors. And it, it yeah, it, he just said, "Hey, I, this is it's all it's all a setup. It's all it's all a setup. <laughs> Screw you guys until this thing is over." Which I think is, I mean, that's that's in a lighthearted way. I think how a lot of you know, Warriors fans are dealing with their Kings fans, friends, and vice versa here. Not going to have any split caps for this series. You know what I mean? We're not going to have you know, anybody with, a, oh, I like both teams. That's out the window now. Not going to have the old A's-Giants split caps in this series. Uh, Mike Brown, I, you know, he's one of the X factors here. Yeah. The How, Kings I, have this terrible disadvantage when it comes to experience, but they got a coach who knows the Warriors as well as – in some ways, the Warriors know themselves. Yeah, and, and how much is, is Mike Brown worth? You know, what is his knowledge worth in, in this series? Is it is it worth a game? Is it worth a couple of close games down the stretch? I mean, that is one of the things that, that everybody is trying to figure out and, and sort through here as we lead you up now with seven hours to go until tip-off of game one between the Warriors and the Kings here on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570 as uh, it is Warriors this week from Golden One Center in Sacramento. Let, let's get to the phones, Whitey. We've got a lot to get into between now and 1 o'clock, but let's, let's get it tipped off on the phone lines with Javier in Oakland up first here on a Saturday. What's going on, Javier? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Hey, uh, I, I just wanted to say that I think this series is going to go at least six games. I feel like this Kings team, there's going to be two games, at least two games in this series, where they just shoot the lights out and just run the Warriors off of the floor. And I, I kind of think that because I see a lot of comparisons here with the Steve Nash-led sons of the early 2000s, a, a very up-and-down team. They play a lot of offense, not a lot of defense. And you go back and you look at history and you see what happened to those Suns teams. They ran into the very veteran 
Dan, uh, San Antonio Spurs, kind of a uh, you know similar veteran team to what the Warriors have now, and the Spurs grinded out the series and they beat them, and and I think the Warriors are going to do that, but I I don't think it's going to be easy, and I think the Kings are going to score a lot, and they're taking at least two games. Th- thanks for the call, Javier. Good good stuff. Uh, I, I there is a potential for the Kings. There are nights where they are just hot, and and they can make eighteen to twenty threes in a game mm-hmm. or more. They get into the paint a lot with Fox and with Sabonis. I know one of my favorite nuggets as far as this series goes relates to second chance points. And the Warriors scored an NBA high 349 points this season off of Kavon Looney's offensive rebounds. So Kavon Looney, offensive rebound, puts it back, kicks it out. A lot of times he's kicking it out to somebody for a three. Warriors scored the most points of any team in the league off of Kavon Looney's offensive boards. Looney led the NBA in offensive rebounds. The second most points any team scored off of any individual player's offensive rebounds was 320, and it was Damanis Sabonis to Sacramento. Wow. So both of these teams, and again, one of the many areas where they are similar, a lot of offensive rebound kickouts for threes. And Sabonis sometimes will go back up and get fouled or go back up and put it in himself. But Sabonis is an adept passer who's always looking to make a play for others. And, uh, yeah, these two teams share that. as, And I kind of bookmark that as a, a just something to watch in this series. Oh, yeah. Extra possessions will be crucial. They all, always are in a playoff series, of course, but especially in this series when the Warriors are prone to turning the ball over and you got two teams that rely so much on offensive rebounding. i got to give credit to Javier. I don't know if he knew this, but when he compared the Kings to the Suns, you know, some numbers here, but I'm going somewhere. The Kings this year were number one in offense and 23rd in defensive rating. Only two teams in history have been first in offense and 23rd in defensive rating uh, or in the last 26 years anyway, and have gone to the conference finals, mm. only two, and one of them was the Phoenix Suns in 2009-2010. Yeah, so they were they were able to do it, and, and we'll see how it, how it shakes out. As far as the prediction, and you know, everybody was asked, all the hosts were asked to you know come up with a prediction. Our great digital director, uh, Whitley Sandretto, uh, was was the one doing the asking there. And I, I really Did she get my media I really pass because I got Whitney's. I, I, yeah, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> that all that. Yeah, we got Whitey and Whitley. And Whitney. Uh, both here. Whitney and Whitney, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Co- covering the game tonight yeah. as well. So she had asked and, – and so my my prediction, I'll just put it out there. We won't we won't save it. And we are taking your predictions if you want it, 888-957-9570. And I'll, I'll just bring up the, the, the regular hosts, and they were kind enough to ask me to do it uh, after not asking me to do it last year. Uh, but uh, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of Warriors in six. I'm looking at it as I'm looking one, two, three – Four. There are five Warriors in six and two Warriors in five. I want to get yours, Whitey, but I, I really struggled with the prediction in this sense, and I'll, I'll sort of lay out where I'm coming from with it. I, I think if the Warriors win tonight, if the Warriors can come in and look like the Warriors and win tonight and play well, I think there's a real chance that the Warriors can sweep this series because I think that makes Sacramento play tighter in game two down 0-1, and I think the Warriors then could pounce on them and win game two, and then it goes back to chase. 
and the Warriors, you know, at that point, all bets are off. Although the Kings have been an excellent road team this year, the Warriors at times have let their foot off the gas when they've seemingly been in control of their destiny. So those things are all in play. And because of that, I said, well, I can't, I can't act. I, there's no way I can roll with the Warriors sweeping this series. Although I do think it's more realistic than people think if tonight goes a certain way. That being said, I said, well, I can't go with that. And I do think the Kings are talented enough in ways that can hurt the Warriors to where they do pick off another game, but the Warriors ultimately outlast them. I see where you're going. A sweep would still surprise me because of how good the Kings are. It's just not who the Warriors have been. Yeah, yeah. And matchup-wise, there are a number of things the Kings do that line up right with some things the Warriors don't do so well. But I was on the radio yesterday in in Sacramento, and you know, so we made predictions, and I said the same thing. I said the, the Warriors win this thing in six. I do think, in my opinion, Five is much more likely than seven, mm. um, which kind of lines up with with where you're going. And again, to me, it just comes down to the fact that the Warriors can defend. I know someone pointed out that uh, number one defensive rating in the league over the last seven. Well, yeah, you played <laughs> Portland, you played Sacramento, who rested everybody. But they're still I mean, a better. That's true. But they're still a better defensive team. And, yeah, well, and, and they're a better matters. defensive team because yeah. Gary Payton's coming back, and they're probably going to play eight or nine and. And, and Wiggins and Wiggins, yeah, yeah. Wiggins, yeah, Wiggins is in the fold now, uh, and so I, I mean, I I think being more locked in obviously helps that. But I, I, the look, they are a better defensive team. I don't want to get into their first in the last seven games. I think that's completely <laughs> irrelevant. Like it, it's completely freaking irrelevant, and it's already popped up on the text line. I know that's why I like five it. times. <laughs> They're number one in the last seven games. Well, what were they in the other seventy-five games? Okay, like that plays a role in this thing as well. I think clutch defense plays a role in this mm. thing. The Warriors have been a good, and this is where I'm going to give the Warriors credit, they've been a good clutch defensive team. Surprisingly, though, and we'll get into this, the Warriors' offense has not been as good in the clutch compared to a Kings team, which has been exceptional in the clutch. You're not oh, going to want to miss Fox those numbers. Been unbelievable in the clutch. Ab- absolutely. So we'll get into that. But 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. It's Warriors this week from Golden One Center in Sacramento. Uh, who does Steve Kerr start tonight? I feel like he's going to roll with Dante DiVincenzo uh, because the Warriors have been playing that group and they have had some success with that group as the starting lineup. I think it's kind of the old Bruce Bochy, uh same soup. We're going to put the same soup out there. Same same lineup. If it's if it's working for a couple of games in a row, just roll those guys out there again. So I would ex- I would anticipate that. I know some have thought, well, would they start Gary Payton, which they did against John Morant last year. I'm not sure. I, I, I wouldn't rule it out, but if you start Gary Payton, you're not going to start Payton with Draymond and Looney against this team. I think you'd, you're making yourself too easy to guard at yeah. that point. Yeah. So I would I would I would think DiVincenzo, as he has been getting the start with Steph and Clay, Draymond and Looney. You put Looney up against Sabonis there at the at the beginning, kind of set a tone there, and then you let Wiggins come in off of that off the bench. Pool plays, obviously Gary Payton the second's going to play off the bench as well, and Wiggins. So those three for sure, and then and then we'll see where Jonathan Kaminga fits into this thing. I think that is interesting because. You know the other three that I mentioned, if you count Wiggins for the time being as a bench player, plus Poole, plus Peyton, 
that they're going to be playing. Wiggins' return, I think, impacts two players on the Warriors roster more than any. It's Kaminga and DiVincenzo. Now, maybe DiVincenzo less if he's still going to start, at least initially, but the one player on this Warriors roster who I think has the potential to be a wild card but also has the potential to maybe not play as much as Warrior fans are hoping is somebody we talk about a lot, and that's Kaminga. Yeah, I, I love that, and I know it's kind of cliche, but I'm going to throw it out anyway. Uh, I would love to know who you think is going to be your X factor, the player that is going to play better than anyone anticipates. I know talked to Saint this week, Gary St. Jean. He said a key matchup in the series, an absolute key, and we all know about Sabonis versus Green, and we know about Curry versus Fox or however that shakes out. He says Malik Monk and Jordan Poole. And I think you said the same thing. He says that's going to be an absolute key to this series. As far as the lineups go, J.D., I don't know what this means. I think it means something. You know that the Warriors' top five are Looney, Wiggins, Dre, Clay, and Steph. When they were on the floor at the same time, they were plus Mm -hmm. Mm 21.9. But they weren't on the floor that much. Uh, Of the 41 lineups that were on the floor, 200 or more minutes, that was number one. But that's only like 12 minutes a game or so. But the Kings' top five... Uh, Barnes, Murray, Sabonis, Fox, and Herter, they spent more time on the court together than any other top five in the NBA. They are plus 2.2. Yeah, the the Kings, and and part of their secret sauce this season, they were the healthiest team in the league. Yeah. A lot of continuity. Mm -hmm. I know you're you're saying that that main group wasn't, you know, not what the, you'd think, maybe yeah, numbers wise. It, exactly, but they. But they, also, they did play for a lot. They played a lot of minutes together. No, no doubt, and and they they know like that is the one area where if if you start to look at it, the Kings know. I, I think both teams know who their top eight is going to be, and the the Kings are going to play Davion Mitchell off the bench. They're going to play Monk. They're going to play Trey Lyles. Mitchell's huge in this series. Yeah, and 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 he has not played well against the Warriors. Uh, Demonis Sabonis. When you look at some of the the plus-minus numbers against the Warriors this year, although I'm reluctant to make too much of it because those games were so early in the year. Uh, We didn't know the Kings were good back then. We didn't know the Warriors were, at least for the regular season, a middle-of-the-pack team uh, back then. But I do Uh, think— I'll tell you another thing about Sabonis, excuse me, but as you probably know, he hasn't been a very good playoff player to this point. No, and and I think those are the things, you know, how does De'Aaron Fox react to to not only his first playoff experience but playing against— the Warriors and and being the guy whose face is on the marquee. I don't know if you've noticed this, and this is something interesting. Demonis Sabonis is the Kings' best player. He he is the the All Star that they went out and got that made De'Aaron Fox the number two, which allowed De'Aaron Fox to flourish. Right? De'Aaron mm-hmm. Fox did not have to be the best player on the Kings. Now at times he plays like he's the best player. They have a one and a one A with those two that are that are you know. Very, I think, more close together than any other team as far as their best and, and second best player. But they went out and did things to allow Fox to to make a significant jump. So bonus was the first. They went and got an all-star. That all-star plus going and getting Herder for nothing and getting Keegan Murray and Drafting getting him, Monk. Yeah. Like, those, like they, all of that helped Fox elevate his game. But there is an interesting – there's a weight that comes with – now, Fox has kind of been able to be the two, but in the big moments in the clutch, be the one, in, in essence. And I think that's where you look at this series and why he his face is on the marquee and not Sabonis' face on the marquee uh, in the lead-up to this series and on the billboards and, and, and all of that. And I wonder if 
there's something that goes with Fox feeling like he's got to be the man when he really has it. And, and I could see the Warriors looking to exploit that as they've done with other players like John Morant. Again, different personality types there, like Westbrook, like even Harden, where it's like, hey, you you get yours, get your. We're stopping everybody else, but you can get yours, get yours, get yours. We're gonna make you shoot it twenty five times to get it. I, I wonder if that's part of the game plan for the Warriors because when the Kings are really rolling, it's it's the first three quarters, Sabonis. High post, yeah. shooters, cutting, ball movement. And then in the fourth quarter, they kind of let Fox quarter, pick over. Fox. Yeah, yeah. And pick and roll, transition. He's able to get that little mid-range shot yeah. anytime he wants late, and he's hit it at a high level late. Uh, so it's a it's a fascinating dynamic that, that's in play. But I wonder, and, and you mentioned Sabonis not being a great playoff player to this point of his career. You know, we don't know whether Fox is or he isn't because he hasn't done it yet. How long does that adjustment take? Maybe he comes out and it's he's fourth quarter Fox from the from the jump, and then the Warriors are going to have their hands full with that. I think also you've you've underscored another huge advantage for the Warriors potentially in this series. Sabonis and Fox are both All Stars this year, um, but what if the Warriors are somehow able to limit one of those guys, or they're able, you know, if if Sabonis is in foul trouble? I think with the Warriors, if you it's really tough to stop Steph. If you commit everything, you know, there's talk of here up here of a fox and one defense, whatever that is. Uh, but if you, because uh, I made that up, but if you, if you, uh, you know, really commit to getting the ball out of his hands, there are other Warriors that can really make you pay for that, right? But if if the Kings, if one of those guys is either takes himself out of the game or takes himself out, it's really hard for the Kings to compensate for that. No, no doubt, and and so I think that is among the the number of different potential adjustments and, and things that, that the Warriors can can have in their back pocket as they look to, as the more experienced team, uh, be able to, to get the jump on this Kings team. I know that the championship and playoff experience, probably the number one advantage the Warriors have in this series with the over 800 playoff games compared to under 200 for the the, the Kings. And a lot of those are Matthew Dellavedova, who was yeah. one a long time ago and two not playing in this series because he <laughs> – he broke his hand, but it is a four to one advantage. And you know what's the way that the Kings offset that? Well, by making the Warriors look old. But and I do think there will be times in this series where where the Kings can make the uh, the Warriors look a little bit old, but only if the Warriors allow it by playing an unbuttoned up brand of basketball. Again, I'm I'm confident the Warriors defense is going to be there. And and this may sound like it's coming out of nowhere considering the season that we just witnessed. My concern still, and I'm going to say this a lot over the next two-plus hours, is can the Warriors play buttoned up enough offensively? Stay If you stay patient against the Kings, you can pick them apart with layups and cuts and wide-open threes and dunks. Like, this is the kind of series where, and I don't know how much Kaminga's going to play. I do think he's one of the many ball hawkers the Warriors can can try to put on Fox with Peyton and DiVincenzo and, and Wiggins and the like. But you know, this is the kind of series where if Kaminga plays the way he did in the Dallas game, remember that Dallas game where it was cut, dunk, transition, get a steal, dunk. Like this is this is this is the kind of series where Kaminga has the ability to have those eight for ten and they're all dunks and and super impactful 
points in the paint against this team that has no rim protection. That's another area where the Kings and the and the Warriors are a little bit similar is they don't have that threat at the rim. Yeah, although Coach Kerr will tell you Draymond's an excellent rim protector, but in a different sense. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons both teams have struggled to protect the rim is because both teams this year have just been rolling out the red carpet to anybody with a dribble penetration right this way, sir. So that's put so much pressure on the interior defense. For all the talk of Wiggins coming back and how much he's going to help the defense, which is that's a solid point. He has really been a good offensive player this year against the Kings. Now, it was a long time ago, you know, it was way back in October, November. But in three games against the Kings this year, Wiggins averaged 25 points a game. And we know Wiggins sometimes a little inconsistent. Three games against the Kings, he scored 24, 25, and 26 points. And he's also a matchup nightmare for them because one of the guys that uh, will be attacked on the Sacramento lineup is Keegan Murray, who's been a really good rookie this year, and he sets the record for most threes. He's not a good defender. And if he's on the floor, the Warriors will attack him. And if Wiggins is close to being Wiggins, whether he starts or not, he's a potential uh, matchup nightmare for Sacramento. A- absolutely. He he brings an element that, that they can't handle when, when he's on his game. And, and you know how does Wiggins look, I think, is right up there among the many questions to look at uh, in, in this series. 888-957-9570, Comcast Business Text Line. We'll get to a few coming up here, but let's get to Mitch next on the phones here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Mitch? Hey, Mitch. Hey, hello. How we doing? Good. What's up? I'm oh, sorry. How's it going, guys? Good. It's going to be a great series. I tell you, I think uh, the youth is going to mile as the older team here. But isn't it something four teams from California all in the playoffs? We got a Northern California, and maybe if you know things turn out, you could be in all LA in the Western Finals. But I think you got Golden State's got a, a better, deeper bench there. But you know, I think Sacramento reminds me of a young Golden State Warriors team like six, six seven years ago. And why do you must be torn apart being your old neck of the woods here? The Sacramento team finally being successful, they're doing well, and um. I'm in Virginia here, so uh, my 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 family and laws enjoy the games. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Mitch. Uh, as far as I, I don't, I'm not going to say six, seven years ago. I mean, I, and and maybe that was just a, a hey, I, hey, what year is it kind of moment. But you start talking about the Kings being a, a, a version of the Warriors from six, now six, seven years ago was was Durant and 73 wins. I, I do think you could make the case, and it's being generous that this Kings team, 48 wins, is is somewhat similar to the first Warriors team that made the playoffs. The Mark Jackson with, team? Yes, with Jarrett Jack. and I think they were I think they were also a six they, seed. They were a six seed, obviously. And the, they beat a three. And they and they beat a three, but the but the Kings are the three, obviously, in this scenario. But I do think it's it's the first starting out where, you know, nobody would think what it would it become. I mean they we're we're talking we got a ways to go to get to that point. There are times, though, where I can see, you know, obviously the, maybe the Kings have. I think the Warriors won 47 games that year, and they were the sixth seed, to your point. The Kings won 48 games this year. That was good enough to be the, the three seed. I mean, there were years where the Warriors, that year after we believe, they won 48 games, didn't make the playoffs winning 48 games. So uh, I do think you could make the case that the Kings' 48 win total was a little inflated by the mediocrity of of the Western Conference when you also consider the fact that they were the healthiest team in the league. Like I don't think there was a team that maxed out what they have, and this is a credit to Mike Brown, who's going to be the oh, coach yeah. of the year. Mm-hmm. 
the Kings maxed out what they have in a better way than any other team in the league, coupled with a little bit, you know, ah, the Warriors had their stuff going on, and the Lakers stunk until they made a bunch of trades. The Clippers are always going through the motions. Phoenix had a ton of injuries and then got Durant, and then he got hurt. So they were c- climbing uphill uh, over the course of, of the year. And so the Kings fit into this box of being able to, you know, be, being able to, to really, you know, play hard and win a lot of games. They focused on the regular season. It mattered to them, and they didn't manage their load much. Yeah, and they had a lot of great wins against a lot of good teams, but they also handled business against the bad teams. I mean, I I put this out on Twitter, and we'll close out the first hour with this. Somebody had said, well, what was the difference between these two teams? And it's it's one thing. It's This is not the end-all, be-all. But the Kings won 48. The Warriors won 44. And... The Kings were 4-0 against Orlando and Detroit. The Warriors were 0-4 against Orlando and Detroit. So mm-hmm. if you really want to, like, and that's with the Warriors having all the guys that they had missed a bunch of time and, and yep. in the midst of that, and the Kings being the healthiest team in the league by a wide margin, especially their top seven, eight players, and it boiled down to, hey, they were 4-0 against two of the worst teams the, the Warriors had struggled with. Those. Again, it's a, it's a feather in the Kings' cap, but it goes to show how – close these teams yeah. really are, even if you want to say that the Kings have a little bit of an edge based on their regular season coming in. And real quickly, I'm glad Mitch mentioned we got all four California NBA teams in the postseason. But as Craig pointed out to us a moment ago, uh, the California Major League Baseball teams last night were asked to score 48 to 10. So I'm glad we're talking about basketball today and not baseball. 888 888-957-9570. He's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. Phone lines are open. What's your biggest key for game one? What's your biggest key for this series? Who does Steve Kerr start? It sounds like Andrew Wiggins is coming off the bench. Your X-Factors as well. So much to get into. It's Warriors this week. We're getting you closer to tip off the Warriors and the Kings from Sacramento. We are at Golden One Center on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.